You're listening to the Imagine, Capture, Create podcast. All right, episode 15 coming at you live with some M83. We're here to vibe. <laughs> yeah. I love we'll have a brief intermission where we just listen to this entire song all the way yeah, through. This awesome, this awesome track. So yeah, welcome everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick this thing off with um, obviously a little M eighty three. We'll uh, we'll throw the link to that song in the description of the podcast. You definitely need to check it out. I think. Um, what'd you say, Logan? Before we went live, it's got three hundred and fifty some million listens and three hundred and fifty seven million listens yeah, on Spotify. And I credit half of those to you. So. Um, <laughs> No wonder you don't get anything done. Yeah, um, I just listen to that song on yeah. loop every day of my life. <laughs> That's a good one. Good, great artist. But anyway, we're back um, a week later. Um, anything, um, well, I was going to ask you if anything was happening kind of creatively. I'll, maybe I'll kick it around and start with mm-hmm. um, sharing some things today. We're going to change up the podcast just a little bit. We're going to add Worthy Mentions, which we're going to kind of add to a weekly basis with hashtag, hashtag worthy mentions. Um, so that's going to be just things that we maybe stumble upon through the week, whether it be an app, a song, you know, a mm-hmm. uh, Instagram account, just anything that uh, we want to just kind of throw out there and, and let the listeners um, tune into maybe something they've never checked out before. We'll get in today. We're going to talk about, since we had our workshop last week, we're going to talk about natural light, speed lights, and studio strobes. Yes. Might just be the title of the podcast right there, um, since we kind of stick with the three words. And then we're going to wrap it up with a quote, and then mm-hmm. we're going to do the sonic boom, right? <laughs> I almost burped. Yeah. I thought I was about, I was about to have a sonic boom burp right there. Sonic boom. <laughs> so we're uh, hanging out, True West Coffee in our hands as usual. Amen. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of Java for the air. So um, this week been kind of a busy one for me in the last few days. Had a sports creative session on Sunday, had senior portrait sessions Tuesday, and then on mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, I call it event photography, but I um, um, had a job for Butler County Educational Services where yes. I went into classrooms and uh, they needed some new marketing pictures for mm-hmm. uh, of the kids and the teachers. And so it was kind of a, a variety you know, keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sports creative and the senior porch is a little bit close, but um, in, in similarity. But the, uh, you know, I will plug again. I'm going to plug the the Sony A7 III. Um, you know, was a fantastic option for yesterday mm-hmm. in the classroom. Just the flip out screen, the face detection, eye detection, just being able to um, not worry about the focus point, trying to recompose my shot, just basically composing it. And then just the flip out screen made it so nice because I'm in a classroom with, you know, kids that are no older than fourth grade. So yeah. all the tables are shorter and everything is, you know, I just couldn't imagine using my Canon and, you know, trying to get down on my knees and right. trying to look through the viewfinder and moving the focus point around. Um, so, you know, I just I walked away going this, you know, this camera the ability of this camera suited mm-hmm. this type of uh, photography. So that was, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I that camera it. really is a well-rounded camera for photography and video all yeah. around. I mean, honestly, I feel like it, it performs pretty well just about in anything. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, you know, I, I haven't looked back, you know, on the purchase. So, but anyway, um, what about you? What's going on with you? I think yesterday I saw a story where you uh, mm-hmm. you and Trey get out and, and shoot the truck or what? 
Yeah, I shot Trey's truck with a gun. No, That's right. <laughs> we decided Let's to shoot clarify. Up all the tires in Trey's brand new truck. No, um, yeah, no. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Trey has been my best friend for probably majority of my life. I would say I don't remember about the age that we came, became friends, but he's really into like diesel trucks, specifically Dodge Cummins. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of really beefed up his truck. He's got yeah, like, pretty cool. as they call stance, but he's put in like spacers and got like really fat, beefy tires, nice rim, like everything. Yeah. He can roll cold now. <laughs> yeah. That's always the thing when you get like a diesel truck. If you, if you start doing stuff to it, more than likely you've probably done something to where you can roll coal. Right. Yeah. Um, so we went out, got dinner and I brought my camera with intentions of taking pictures later. Then... The two locations that we planned on end up not panning out. One we had previously shot before Trey's old truck. Um, I had taken a really cool picture of it, and I kind of wanted to do like a, I don't know if you call it like a flashback, but it was kind of like take the picture in the same spot, but mm-hmm. with his new truck. But um, in the picture, which I can link the, the post for that picture so people know what I'm talking about, but there was some really tall grass in the side of the frame um, on this railroad track, and it looked really cool. I come to find out when we came to this area to go take the picture again, um, a business had bought this abandoned place mm-hmm. and they cut all of the grass and everything. <laughs> and now there was no trespassing sign. So now we yeah. couldn't shoot there it's, because before there was, there was no, no, no trespassing sign. Sure. Um, and they chopped the grass down. So it kind of killed the vibe. Right. Right. Then we went to go take a picture somewhere else. Also by railroad tracks. I don't know for whatever reason we shot pictures last time by a lot of trains. Um, and it turned out that they were doing construction on that road and we could not get to that track. Um, so then that didn't pan out. So then we wasted probably like 45 minutes at this point of golden hour. Yeah. So we're rushing, trying to hurry to get to a spot that Trey knew of that he's been to before so we can snap some pictures. Son was, I literally snapped that picture probably like the last minute of golden hour, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, look forward to seeing the. The final. I can show you now, Brian. I already edited the picture, actually. Um, And we we can send it my way. We can. I'll post it. I I was going to say I could share the link. I haven't posted it yet, but sure. um, Share it with me. I'll check it out after the the podcast for sure. It was nice. Nice. Um, I haven't shot um, car like truck photography in a while. So it was good to get back out and do that. Yep. Um, I've always kind of enjoyed that, but. Um, I haven't really done it in a while. I've really mainly only taken pictures of my friends' vehicles, so right. unless they ask me, I don't really go out and take pictures of vehicles. So Sure. Cool. And that looks super cool. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, shoot that out there on social media, Instagram, and uh, get that stuff out there. For sure. But for sure. Um, anything up upcoming next few days, week for you? You know, every time the yes is question, my mind goes blank. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can say also this past weekend, um, after we had the workshop, I did take a, some couple pictures actually for my sister and her boyfriend. I had one picture that turned out pretty good, but the place that we end up going to is new location. Hadn't really been able to scout it out. Right. Didn't quite pan out on location wise for pictures. So yeah, only probably got about one good picture that I was happy with. Like the other, they were good, but. They'd really care for the location, sure, what sure. it looked like. Yeah. You know, when we talk about photography, one of the things that, you know, as you were saying that, you know, we can get hung up on when, when we're talking about portraits, mm-hmm. we're taking pictures of people. 
we get focused on how good or how we're not good at posing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a, that's some anxiety sometimes if you're, you know, unless you've done it for a while, but early on first couple of years and, um, you're still getting, you still get a little anxious on, you know, posing. And then, then we talk about lighting, which is, you know, the subject of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all this rolls into the fact that a lot of times what you don't talk about is how on your feet, how creative you have to be with the shot in general before you even think about posing, before you even think about light or, you know, light's a factor, but you drive somewhere, Mm -hmm. someone says, Hey, let's go here and take pictures. You've never been there. You don't know what to expect. You get out of the car, you get your camera and the clients stand here waiting on your direction. And you're looking around going, where in the world am I going to take shots? You know, and uh, that's the part that, you know, I think sometimes that's the part that really can make a break. Mm-hmm. a really good photographer. Right. You know, because we can all learn, again, we talk about it, we can all learn the technical, we can all learn the camera settings, mm-hmm. we can actually learn how to use light. Yeah. But, and pose people, but how, how do you establish that shot and perspective and composition and mm-hmm. how do you use where you're at? Because you and I mentioned a lot of times, literally, we could walk out in my driveway right now and do a portrait of each other and not know right. that there is really no good looking background to use, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so anyway, that's a, just, a, that's probably another discussion, but just happened to think about that. And it's just, that yeah. is challenging because, um, you know, I've went into many situations. Um, you don't know what you're walking into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good to scout, but not all the time is that very feasible. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes you just don't have time to get ahead yeah. before you show up and just kind of take a look at the location. So, in this case, it was a very last minute thing. And my sister was kind of like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. can you take some pictures of me and my boyfriend? And I was kind of like, oh, sure. Yeah. I, I personally, I will say, even if Maya is listening to this podcast, my sister, I do not always enjoy taking pictures of my sister and her boyfriend, mainly because of the fact because she is my sister, she'll goof off more if she wasn't my sister. So sometimes that frustrates me when I'm, I already am anxious mm-hmm. and with like posing and stuff like that. And then I can't always get her to be fully serious. You can't rein her in. I'm trying to direct <laughs> her. She doesn't want to listen to her brother. So <laughs> sometimes this can be very frustrating sometimes when you're trying to take a picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. If you take a picture of family oh, or whatever, gosh. it could be, that could be challenging for sure. I've done it a couple other times before and yeah. honestly... Like, which is really funny that you say that because that same day I actually managed to get out of taking pictures of another family member because I was already taking pictures of Maya and her boyfriend. My cousin was going to his uh, homecoming and my aunt, they texted me literally two hours before, like they needed their pictures for homecoming. Like, Hey, um, are you free at four to do Jane's pictures? And I'm like, what? Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, no. I mean, like, I would have, but I was already in Cincinnati sure, doing yeah. those pictures. But if I can avoid it, I won't, I don't normally try to take pictures of family. Yeah, me, yeah, I hear you. Too much uh, harassment, sorry. Too much harassment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those fighting words sometimes. Um, yeah, the expectation just usually sometimes can be even higher, um, when it's family. And that's that could be that's a whole nother uh, yeah. kind of discussion, but. But, um, you know, kicking it around to uh, worthy mentions, um, kind of rolling into some content here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things I, I just stumbled on this morning, and I haven't, you know, I'm going to say right now, a lot of this stuff we might bring up as a worthy mention. You know, it might be a link or it might be a plug-in. It might be something that um, neither one of us has really 
done a lot of investigation. We'll share yeah. the links if anybody wants to kind of dig a little deeper. But I stumbled through a blog this morning, and um, there's a plug-in for Lightroom called The Fader, which I'm definitely going to check out in the next day or two, where if you apply a preset, you can you can adjust the intensity, intensity of the preset, which... Um, you know, a lot of ways, if you think about it, you can go into a preset and, and kind of move things around and, and adjust the intensity mm-hmm. uh, anyway. But um, I thought, um, you know, it's the feature that we use in Premiere Pro and we apply a LUT and then back off the intensity. So that's one thing. If you're a Lightroom user and you use presets and maybe you're frustrated that you can't, um, you know, adjust the filter, you know, that you can like in Lightroom or Instagram, you can post and apply a filter and then in, in back off, you know, adjust the intensity. So right. it's called the fader for Lightroom. That's that's um, one thing I want to throw out there. Uh, the second thing I want to throw out there is, you know, I do some photo editing on my phone, mm-hmm. you know, taking pictures, and I use an app called Darkroom. You know, I kind of flip back and f- Darkroom. Lightroom and Darkroom. That's right. Um, but um, I use it, and I used to use... Um, Snapseed, which mm-hmm. I still kind of go back and forth, you know, Snapseed being a Google product. And Is I kind of, I like the features that it offers. Uh, but Darkroom, I really like, and their mm-hmm. new update allows you, if you take your picture in portrait mode on your phone, you can actually adjust the foreground or background blur. Uh, okay. So it auto identifies that you took a, you know, a headshot of someone and you can actually blur the background or you can bring it back. Mm-hmm. and sharp and, and bring it more into focus you know so that's a cool feature but um you know it's uh it's a great app it's called darkroom 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 i have yet to use that i can say for sure as well i suppose we can make it a worthy mention but i've i very much have used snapseed as well too but uh vsco mm-hmm. yeah that has probably by far been my favorite and easiest um photo editing app on my phone sometimes i'll even uh use it just because it's really convenient, it doesn't take long to do a whole lot, slap a filter, do a couple little tweaks, yeah. contrast, highlights, stuff like that, etc. And then put it on my Instagram story. It makes them just like that much better and kind of like throws my style in, in there a little bit. Yep. I don't always do it if I don't have time, but if I do and I think about it, I will do that. But yeah. that's a worthy app to mention. As you were talking, I actually looked up the hashtag worthy mentions on Instagram. Yeah. And surprisingly, there's only 49 posts. So I'm actually surprised other people haven't been using that uh-huh. post. We're going to have to blow it up. Wow, Brian, we actually found something like... Set it on fire. It's ready. Yeah. It's ready. It's just sitting there ready for us to, to take off with it. Let me ask this VSCO. You turned me on to that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'm familiar with it, um, but not familiar enough to ask this question or get the you know the answer is, okay. can you create your own preset in that app in darkroom you can which is another feature i like so if you come up with like your editing style for Mm -hmm. the phone you know phone images you can create a um you create multiple presets yes and no okay what what i mean by that is i can't when i go to edit a picture i won't be able to have like a special preset or whatever of whatever i've done on a picture to apply there but all my other pictures that have been imported into VSCO because you do have to import your pictures. Right. Um, I can copy and paste the the settings and whatever I applied gotcha. yeah. from another post. So like yes and no. So if you like left a picture in there and you're like, this is my preset, you can just copy and paste that on every single time. Okay, that's cool. Maybe too. a little bit annoying to <clears throat> kind of 
do that. It may not be as convenient as just tapping something, but right. you can do that. And when you go to that picture and you apply it, it's not like in Lightroom sometimes where I don't know if this always happens, but sometimes I'll apply like someone else's preset and it won't let me like change everything else. Yeah. Like everything will be zero, but their preset's been applied. Right. So that might be a glitch or a bug because other times it will change all the sliders to what that preset was. Sure. But yeah. Okay. Uh, via CO, you'll be able to see all the changes from your, your yeah. preset applied. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I thought I had a worthy mention. Oh, I know we didn't mention it before, um, I think, on the last podcast or the podcast before that. But the um, – can't even think right now. The um, the color profile for Canon that you can import into Sony. Right. I need to find the link for that. But we can put that on there for anybody who listens to this podcast that does suit, shoot uh, Sony and may be interested in trying it out. I think – That would be me. Yes. Um, I, I am – I've considered it, but um, – like again, I've I've never really cared like a ton for Canon's picture profile. Like it's good, it's nice, but I do so much editing and everything in my pictures anyway. Like it it goes away, you know. Right. Um, you know, I um you know, wasn't planning on talking about that, but I will have to say after three sessions mm-hmm. now with the Sony, I definitely see a skin tone difference. Yeah, that's it, the biggest it thing. Is, it is very apparent in their basic profile. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to make some adjustments, not of killers. The camera is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I was kind of wondering, you know, mm-hmm. cause I've read many, many stories, heard so many things and I'm like, well, what would I see regardless if I, it, regardless if it affects me in the editing side of it or not, I was just like, wonder if I'm going to see that in right out of the gate. Um, the skin tones yeah. do look different, you know? So, um, you know, I will make some tweaks in the, in the profile to see if I can kind of correct that or, you know, mm-hmm. I'll jump on that plug in and, and see. I think it's um, only like 20 bucks or whatever, but, um, it's, it's very much well worth it to give it a try. And there's, I've heard a lot of really good, uh, reviews about it. Um, I've seen a couple of YouTube videos of people suggest it and they, you know, they showed some video clips of them shooting with that profile, you know, cause you sure. have to take consideration. I don't think it actually is a profile that gets imported into your camera. It's basically like the person goes through a video. You basically buy the video and they show you how to set up and get that color. Right. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Check, I'll, we'll check that out. So Worthy Mentions, that's some good stuff. We'll throw mm-hmm. all the hashtag. links in the description. Hashtag Worthy Mentions. Yeah, now we can, now the hashtag is not extremely polluted or popular. We can start using this for anybody listening to the podcast. If you have your own Worthy Mentions or something like that. I say go ahead and use the the hashtag. There's not that many posts, so we'll be able to see it. Absolutely. Cool, cool. So lighting, lighting. This past weekend we had um, our first workshop, which which is great. Yeah, we did. It was cool. Um, Just uh, we had uh, Michelle Peters come out from the Facebook group, and Mm -hmm. uh, we had a couple other people interested but could not make it. But regardless, um, it was cool to kind of kick things off. Yeah, I think Michelle came and uh, got a lot of value out of it and left with um, plenty of plenty of knowledge um, to chew on, uh, basically. Yeah. But um, you know, a couple hour workshop. We started inside. The weather was a little bit cool, a little bit overcast when we first started. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of hung out inside, just kind of went over some basics of lighting, um, in the use of um, you know flash and soft boxes and in various things. And then the sun came out. And we went outside for the balance. Yeah. A little bit windy. 
you know, but, um, I think it was a, a great, um, great, uh, time and I'm looking forward to future ICC workshops you know, coming up, but you know, it, it kind of brought up the whole topic of lighting, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it was an outdoor portrait lighting session, but you know, do you shoot natural light? Do you shoot with light? If, is it speed lights? Do you take studio strobes outside? Right. You know, what do you do in, 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 do you use it? Do you don't? There's people on both sides of the camp. There's the people who use light that beat up on the natural light photographers and the natural light photographers say, you know, uh, you, yeah, just go there. Um, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I don't feel like I'm not going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is not a, this is not a discussion about sitting on either side. And, um, because personally in the end you do what you have to do to, Mm -hmm. to create your art and to create. And if, if your choice is to not dive in and even figure out how to use, um, lighting, that's cool. You know, if, if you're the hundred percent opposite and it's all you do is studio stuff and that's, yeah. that's what you have to rely on. Um, unless you use a window light for, you know, that's cool mm-hmm. also. Um, you know, so this one's just about, you know, you know, our thoughts, uh, maybe even our journey, yeah. You know, because to be honest with you, I think when we all start with the camera, I know I did, I picked up the camera lighting was the, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, except for just what was available, mm-hmm. natural light, the ambient light. You right. Know? Um, so why did I go down the path of, of buying lighting, you know, mm-hmm. and starting with a single speed light that wouldn't turned into four or five and then finally gravitated to, um, you know, buying studio strobes, um, you know, you're in the same, you know, you're in a similar, you know, you started as natural light and you prefer yes. to, to go that it's, it, it can be more efficient. You don't have to carry things around. Mm -hmm. You don't have to spend extra money. You don't have the frustration to learn, learning something because to learn Mm -hmm. how to use light can be. And I think, I think that's the wall. A lot of people hit and, you know, you you go through the whole thing about learning how to shoot manual and all your camera settings. And then all of a sudden you throw a speed light on there. Right. And that just, that's like a whole new level of being overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, if you can fight through it, I always tell everybody, it's just like manual camera settings. If you can push and persevere, get to the other side, it will be so worth it. Yeah. You will be, you know, um, a much better photographer, I believe. Mm-hmm. At least you will know. You know, it's one thing to learn it all and then back up and use shutter priority or aperture priority, which to me is not, doesn't make you a less of a photographer. Right. You know, but know why you made choices versus just turning it on and just shooting, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyway, just kind of rambled there, but you know, lighting for, for me, um, you know, what, what's it mean to me? I, I feel like it makes me more of a versatile photographer. However, um, you know, quite honestly, you know, there's a direction I'm trying to go in with photography, but I'm just not there yet. Mm -hmm. So it's given me the ability to try different things that I might not have been able to, like, you know, corporate headshots, maybe some event photography, maybe some studio stuff where I really want to control um, the lighting more. Um, again, that probably I couldn't do with one big window, mm-hmm. you know, um, some of the dimensional lighting stuff. And then, you know, going outside with senior portraits, you know, um, I do take I do take lighting with me. I do t- shoot but I will say that sometimes I've had shoots where all of a sudden the sun goes in and it's a nice overcast and it's a big old soft box now. Right. And I leave the light in the car. And if I need to put catch lights in, 
I'm going to be transparent here. I'll add catch lights and post um, mm-hmm. just to kind of give life to the eyes, you know. Um, so I'm not stringent either way. I look at what am I walking into and what yeah. do I expect as a photographer to get out of the end product. And if I feel I need to use light, I'll use it. Mm-hmm. And if not, I'm rolling because I honestly, I'd rather pack as light as anybody else um, right. on anything. So that's very much how my, I've, I've, I've mentioned before, my setup is very light. I can take just about, and you know, I start adding more stuff. I can take just about everything and like a backpack and like then carrying my tripod and now my gimbal in right. my hands. Um, still, I mean, for most people, that's hardly anything sure. yeah. <laughs> for some of the stuff that some people carry. But I know one thing kind of going back to what you're talking about with the aperture priority or shooting manual, et cetera. I think with that and just in general is be intentional with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing wrong with shooting with aperture priority mode, but know why you're shooting with that. Right. You know, and the same thing with everything in photography and video with lighting. Be intentional. Why are you using a speed light or why are you not using a speed light? Right. You know, I think as long as you're intentional about it and you're, you know, if you're intentional about it and trying to tell a story and portray an emotion like, like do you basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know I cannot remember the photographer's name and you might possibly know who it is. He's, he's alive. He's not dead to clarify, but he's right. probably with the most popular and famous photographer right now. Um, he's an older guy, but he, here's the one thing is like with him is he's never gone to college for it. It's, you know, with, right. yeah, I'm going to school for this, but there's nothing wrong with not going or going to school with it. And also he doesn't even shoot in manual mode. He knows how to do it. He used to do it, but now he shoots in aperture priority mode. Um, and I can I can actually find the we're gonna have so many links in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I can find the video, but he actually does talk about the intention and why he shoots with aperture priority mode. And he also he very much uh, basically shuts everybody up. That's like, oh, you shoot aperture priority mode, sure. you know? Yeah. Just because yeah. it's like, I mean, clearly he's doing something right because yeah. yeah. he's number one, basically. Sure. And manual mode teaches you. Honestly, you know, it's it's a good way to to really learn the relationship between the mm-hmm. sh- shutter speed, aperture, and um, you know your ISO. Right. But you know, I believe it's just like anything else. Um, I don't want to say it makes you smarter, but you, you have to be intelligent to know mm-hmm. the situation, how to be the most efficient and get the result. Right. You know, it's kind of like me yesterday. I'm walking into a classroom of kids that are moving around and I'm, it's, I mean, it's going to be, I'm going to say chaos, but mm-hmm. these are young kids in a, in classroom doing their projects and, and all yeah. this. And do you think I'm going to walk in there and shoot manual? No, no, you know, shutter priority and even auto ISO, ISO, ISO you know, because the, you know, like the Sony can handle anything mm-hmm. extreme anyway. And, you know, I didn't have to shoot. I wasn't in the dark you know, right. But I got to focus on composition and capturing the shot, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, those are examples where, you know, manual is not going to work for that. Yeah. You know? And, and part of that guy's point is you have an amazing piece of technology in here that when he started, he shot on film originally. You didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Also, you had no freaking clue whether your picture was good or not until you were done anyway. Right. Like, <laughs> but I mean, it is true. It's like we have this amazing technology and, you know, obviously with anything and everything, it's going to fail. But think at the same time, you're also going to fail too, shooting a manual. 
you right. know, sure, it's inevitable. Both are going to fail at one point or another, maybe not get what you were looking for, or maybe the exposure wasn't quite at, you know, sure. what you wanted. It maybe it was too bright, overexposed, underexposed, whatever it may be. But I very much, um, when I'm shooting, I do shoot in manual mode all the time. I nothing wrong with aperture priority mode. I don't like shooting in it that much. It's, it makes me feel weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable shooting in it. Um, but I do leave my camera on auto ISO in manual. Right. And then also one, one thing, a lot of people, um, they will say to not do this, but I shoot without a white balance. Yeah, I do as well. You know, I mean, I, I don't change, see anything I wrong change with it. when, when I need to, you know, right. but I have not had any, you know, um, I think it might've been at the workshop. We got into this conversation. It was yes, about we hiding and we're kind of sidetracking a little bit, but it's all good. You know, auto white balance. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the time, that's all I shoot with. You know, really, the probably the only time I change it is if I'm gelling. You know, like on a wedding reception, right? When you're shooting on camera flash, and you know you actually gel your light, mm-hmm. and then you adjust your Kelvin temperature of your camera yeah. to what's pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really the only time if it's that type of situation that I'm changing. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, but again, I did take time to understand the Kelvin scale. Mm-hmm. I did take time to understand, you know, what it's telling me when I'm walking into a situation, you know, I can kind of judge and say this temperature in this room is probably about 3,200 right? based on the type of lighting or it's daylight balance. You know, mm-hmm. I have that in my mind that way if I would happen to have, you know, uh, to, to make that adjustment on the fly or if I see something a little warm. Yeah. In the camera, if, if I do, um, you know, but again, you learn it and then be attentional mm-hmm. and know um, how maybe you can use it to your advantage if possible. If you need to pull that card out, yeah. know, if not, roll with it. Um, auto white balance is, has done me well so far. Um, mm-hmm. Again, nobody looks at my pictures and calls out, at least calls out. Right. <laughs> Man, did you use auto white balance? On that shot. Yeah. Plus the interesting thing is also is like almost sometimes I almost think it doesn't even matter even if it wasn't the right white balance. Because when it comes into post and you're editing, some people do edit with a lot more, you know, blue tones in their picture. And some people edit with a lot more warm tones in their picture. Now, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you have more blue or warm. That's your style and what you like. Right. But or maybe that's kind of the mood that you're trying to portray in your picture or Mm -hmm. video for that shot. I mean, though, no one's looking at that and it's like, oh, man, that was really blue. Was your white balance right? right. You know? <laughs> yeah, because there's so much creative editing. You don't yeah. even, you, you have no clue where the starting point was when you look at a photo. Right. You know, I think I think what it is, is it becomes intentional when in your own personal workflow mm-hmm. and when you all you determine your style is a more cooler style. Yeah. And every time you sit down to re, to edit a session, you're adjusting the white balance because the camera and auto still had it a little too warm and that's just another slider or two you have to touch and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you say you know what i'm going to start shooting a little cooler so now you're going to go in and adjust right you know that's intentional so you know what you know you've studied you know how to mm-hmm. use the gear and then you're not shooting in auto anymore because yeah. you know you figured out what works for you mm-hmm. you know or you want to warm it up the so. biggest thing that i took from school so far is my professors told us that you're here to learn all the rules, but you're also going to break all these rules. Right. But 
they say you can't break any rules that you don't know exist. You have to learn and know all the rules to then be intentional of why you are breaking it. Yes. Because none of these rules are definite. They're just basically like rough guidelines or suggestions from people who've been doing it for years in the community. That's kind of, you know, the same thing with doubling your shutter speed for your frame rate. That's kind of like a guideline, but creatively you could crank that up or lower it to, you know, portray a certain certain feeling. Like maybe if I was shooting 24 frames and instead of shooting one over 50 shutter speed, cause I can't do, you know, the exact, but, um, lowering it a bunch, maybe I get like a real hazy, almost like I'm dizzy mm-hmm. effect, yeah, right. you know, or I crank it up super high, like one over a thousand. Then now it's like everything's super quick. It's almost unrealistic. You know, it depends, you know, like I, like you said, it's like the creative style, but it's knowing why you're doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, spinning back around the lighting, you know, one thing, um, you know, it really wasn't a conversation about the details, just, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, what do we choose? What path do we go down? If you're a, if you're a wedding photographer and that's, that's your only genre and you started out using natural light and you're making a business out of it. And I could see where you have no, you have no need necessarily. Yeah. You have no desire to go down that path. Um, you know, for me, I wanted to try a bunch of things. So I think out of this, you know, this podcast and the thing about lighting to me is, you know, I encourage anyone, even for the price that you could borrow a speed light mm-hmm. from somebody that's rent. probably got a rent one. Yeah. You could rent one or borrow one from someone that's, that's using lighting is at least try it because you never know what opportunities it may open mm-hmm. up. You know, just like anything else, don't, you know, it's hard to say we don't like something when we've really never tried it. Don't knock um, until you try it. Until you try it. Right. Um, it's kind of kind of hard to go the reverse, but there probably are some photographers that maybe started out being mentored by a studio photographer and they started inside in the studio mm-hmm. from the very beginning. You know, and then that would be like, we'll challenge them to go outside yeah. without the lights and shoot. Always you push know. yourself out of your comfort zone. I mean, and try new things. That's the only way you're going to grow, right. really. Yeah. I mean, you may grow like a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to not grow by sticking to what you're doing. You're going to grow, but you are going to grow tremendously and so much more by doing that and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah. So for me, I started out with uh, Young New. I think that's how you say it. Young New. Um, I, I, I feel like that's... That's um, that's how you say it. So we'll um, explain. Yeah, the, the, the outro track is kicking in on us, but yeah, uh, we'll bye guys. That's no, kidding. Yeah. So um, you know, Young New is uh, what I started with. Cheap, reasonable. There's there's other brands out there, um, but you know, um, speed lights are are, are great. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, just sometimes it's just great to have that in a pinch, right? Because if you're in a you know, even though you might not get the best result, it might look a little flashy, but sometimes you might you know, be at a reunion or a party and someone says, Hey, take our pictures. And, and one thing I found that I use in a speed light is I bounce the flash off the ceiling Yeah, to try to, you know, kind of prevent that, you know, kind of flashy look in people's faces, especially if it's more than a single person as well. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, two or three people, you know, even if it's a, you know, it's not a white ceiling, right. You know, just to bounce it, um, it works pretty well. Um, I found that, um, you know, so just having a single speed light for those type of situations, you know, um, you know, and just learning it yeah, know, is um, it's challenging, but it's I think it's worth it. And you never know. Like I said, it opens doors, opportunity might make you think about new, new things to go out and shoot. Right. And at the point where I am now, 
I shoot both. It depends. I'm I'm different. The funny thing is, I'm even though you know video is just photos. I'm very different in how I approach both. Right. You know, with photos, I typically majority of the time, I shoot natural light. That's I feel very comfortable doing that. That's obviously what I started with. I didn't just go. You know. Right. <laughs> like back to the point of it costs so much. You're not just going to initially when you're getting started in something to spend thousands of dollars on strobes that you don't know how to use or I honestly didn't really even know that much stuff existed, you know, or much about it. But then I did start getting more into studio stuff because of you because you showed me stuff. Um, Let me mess around with the policy buff Einstein lights, which honestly I absolutely love. And I will say if I ever get more into, you know, studio photography or if I maybe create my own studio for photos, I 100% will be buying those lights. Absolutely love them. And I think not until the past couple months, I've taken more pictures than I ever had before with studio lights. Uh, But still, still, it's just a very small percentage of what I mainly shoot. Then with video, I do shoot a lot of natural light also. But as I start shooting more and more video, the more I want to use lights with video. Yeah, right. You know, but... At the same time, you have to take consideration. I don't know for anybody out there who's shot with speed lights ever before with video and photo. I mean, with your pictures, you typically shut out all the ambient light. With video, you don't do that. Right. <laughs> you don't really shut out all the ambient light and throw all that light in. Plus, if you were to do that, oh, man, your lights would have to be really expensive to put out that much power. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're if you're shooting outside, you're going to set your exposure based on ambient and then add right. your flash. Um um, now, if you're in the studio, right, mm-hmm. you know, um, or you have to go with constant light, um, which is another, you know, you can shoot photography with constant light. So, yeah. Um, and that kind of saves you a little bit of the frustration to mm-hmm. to learn, you know, how to use um, flash. Yes. So, and another thing with video as well, too, is a lot of people, they may not think about it at first until they start actually getting into using more continuous lights with video is, Now you have the element of audio and sound majority of the time. Obviously, you know, maybe you're just filming something, you throw a music track over it, but a lot of times now you have an audio element. Well, this light's got to be quiet, (laughs) you know, can't be giving off any noise, you know, that my microphone could be picking up now. So it's like a whole different world when it comes to lighting. Right. So I approach it very differently, but I very much, I feel more comfortable lighting in video though, for sure. Sure. Even though I've honestly probably shot more pictures with the speed lights and everything. And I feel like I know them well. I, for whatever reason, I just am always so much more comfortable with video lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it's the constant. It, mm-hmm. it does, that does change things for sure. But, um, well, good. Um, I think it was a great chat. Um, again, just kind of throwing it out there. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter about your camera settings. Yeah. You use light, you don't use light, get out there, create, um, have fun, you know, be the artist that um, that comes from within you and just, um, you know, learn it, learn how to right. use the tools, but then break those rules, like you said, and just break you know, have fun and, and not worry about not get hung up in what other people are doing, because in the end, it doesn't matter. You know, nope. go out there and do something you've never done before and just have fun creating and just enjoying it. And that's, um, right. you know, that's that's the the most so we're going to we're going to leave with that boom quote that boom. sonic boom I can add one quote. thing before you you yeah. add this quote is uh we mentioned before the podcast talked about there is no camp for 
studio lights or continuous lights or natural light. It's, as I said before, it's studio and natural light. Yeah. You know, I say if you do have that mindset, try to, I'm not saying you're wrong, but try to break that mindset because, I mean, it will, it'll make it a lot more difficult, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Get rid of the bias and just open up and, and, and go shoot. Yeah, they yeah. both have their places. Absolutely, absolutely. So the quote this week, don't shoot what it looks like, shoot what it feels like. Boom. boom. <laughs> I can't do the boom. But yeah, that's it. We'll throw that in there. Anticlimactic. At the boom. end. But, um, yep, don't shoot what it looks like, shoot what it feels like, guys. I appreciate you tuning in today. We had a good time, good chat about mm-hmm. lighting. Um, stay tuned with us. Um, join us on Facebook, Imagine Capture Create. We're on Instagram. Yes. Tag your pictures to be featured on Instagram, hashtag Imagine Capture Create, and also hashtag Worthy Mention. Mm-hmm. So let's get that trend going, and uh, we hope you tune in next week, and we're out. Peace. Peace.